Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 25 this morning, verses 1 through 13. Our message series is called Jesus in Jerusalem. We're in a section of this series, a section of Scripture that focuses on the return of Christ. And so far in this sort of mini section of our series, we've looked at the signs of Christ's return, and then we've looked at what it means to be ready for Christ's return. Today, uh, Jesus teaches us about waiting for his return, waiting for Christ's return. So we're in Matthew chapter 25, and let me just read verses 1 through 4 as we get started. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look into your word today, as we study this parable, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just open our eyes and hearts to receive the truth that you have for us uh, in this very simple story uh, that you shared so long ago. Make it real and true to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, today's passage on Christ's return comes as a little bit of a surprise uh, after the first two passages that we've already looked at. You know, when we studied the signs of Christ's return, we saw that the signs are all around us, right? And that Jesus could return at any time. And then that led us to our second passage, what we looked at last week. Uh, If Christ could return at any time, that means we better be ready for his return, right? But now Jesus teaches us something different. He teaches us about waiting for his return. So yes, it's true. Jesus could return today or tomorrow or next week. But what if he doesn't? What if his return is a lot further away than we expected? Jesus says, then we need to be ready to wait. Personally, we need to reckon with the fact that Jesus has not yet returned in our generation. And then historically, we need to reckon with the fact that pretty much every generation has thought they might be the last. But you know, as we learned in our, in our first message, the signs of Christ's return are cyclical. In other words, they repeat themselves in every generation. Jesus said they're like birth pains. Remember we looked at that? Birth pains that repeat, but then they increase in frequency and intensity as you get nearer to the end. So the problem is, You know, the birth pains are here, the signs are all around us, but we're never quite sure where are we in the cycle, right? Maybe we're right at at the end, okay? Or maybe we're in the middle. You see, we don't know. And so we not only need to be ready for Christ's return at any time, we also need to be ready to wait. I imagine there might be some people who hear that Christ is returning. He could come back at any time, and his his coming is near. And they say, well, I I could do that. I I could follow Jesus for a couple months or or maybe a year or two until he comes back, right? But Jesus said what? In In our first message, he said, the person who perseveres, who stands firm to 
the end will be saved. The person who stands firm to the end will be saved. And so we need to be prepared to follow Jesus for a lifetime, right? This is a lifetime commitment to following Christ. We need to be ready to wait for Christ's return. And so Jesus teaches us this truth, as he often does uh, in the New Testament, by means of a parable. So that's what we're looking at today, the parable of the ten virgins, or we would probably call them the ten bridesmaids, uh, who are waiting for the bridegroom. And it's a pretty straightforward parable. This one's kind of easy to interpret. You know, the bridegroom, obviously that's Jesus. And, and, you know, the bridegroom arriving, that's uh, Christ's return. And, you know, and then the, the ten virgins, ten is a nice round number, right? And, and so that, that represents all uh, who are waiting for Christ. And then their different actions, which we're going to look at in the parable, represent those who are prepared to wait and then those who are not. So that's where we're heading today. We not only need to be ready for Christ's return, we need to be ready to wait. There's an outline in your worship guide. I'd encourage you to take that out, to follow along, jot down some notes as we go. But the parable begins now with all ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. Waiting for the bridegroom. Look at verses 1 through 5 with me now. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Now, there's a number of things we can learn from this first part of the parable. And the first one is this, and I love this one. Christ's return will be a joyful event for all believers. It will be a joyful event. Now, think back to where we've been. In chapter 24, we've been in the past couple of weeks. And in chapter 24, Jesus has mostly used negative images for his return. Did you notice that? He's used negative images. Lightning, vultures, a flood. A thief breaking into your house in the middle of the night. Negative images. But here in chapter 25 now, he uses a positive image. The bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom to appear. And you might wonder, well, why the difference? And here it is. Here's the reason. Christ's return will be a terrible event for unbelievers. But it will be a joyful event for all who put their faith in Christ. So those earlier images, images, those are meant to be a warning to unbelievers to turn to Christ. While this image of the bridesmaids meeting the bridegroom, this is meant as an encouragement to believers in Christ. You know, a wedding, that's one of the most joyful events, right, that takes place here on earth. And the return of Christ will be the most joyful event for believers. We're going to see Jesus. We're going to be, take part in that wedding feast of the Lamb that we read about earlier from the book of Revelation. And this is why the Bible calls Jesus' return the blessed hope. Did you know that? It calls Jesus' return the blessed hope. Titus 2.13 says, While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as we've learned, the nations will mourn at Christ's return, but believers will rejoice. For the unbeliever, Jesus' return comes like a thief in the night. 
For the watchful believer, it is the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus. And then the second thing we learn from this first part in the parable is that those who are wise will be prepared to wait. They're going to be prepared to wait. And this is pictured for us by the foolish and the wise virgins. Remember, Jesus says five of them were foolish, five were wise. You might say, well, what was the difference? And and when you read the parable, there's only one thing. You can find difference between them, just one thing. The foolish did not bring any extra oil for their lamps, while the wise, they were ready for any potential delay. The foolish, they didn't bring any extra oil. In other words, they made a foolish assumption. They assumed that the bridegroom would come sooner than he actually did. And so they did not make any extra preparations in case he came later than they expected. The wise, they were ready. They were ready in case there was a delay. They didn't know exactly when the bridegroom would arrive, so they didn't make any assumptions. They brought extra oil with them. They did not want to miss out on this most joyful of all events. They were prepared to wait. And that brings us to our third point from this section. And You can see it right there in your outline. Waiting is hard right? Waiting for anything is hard. Even when you're ready for potential delays, it's hard. And notice in the parable, Jesus says, the bridegroom was a long time coming. And all 10 of the bridesmaids became drowsy and fell asleep. I want you to notice something here. Jesus does not say that the bridegroom was late in coming. Doesn't say he was late, right? Just that he took longer than those who were waiting for him expected. Jesus will return at the exact time that God has decided. He will be neither early nor late. He was right on time for his first coming, right? He's going to be right on time for his second as well. It may be longer than what you and I were hoping or expecting, but he will be right on time but it's still hard isn't it (laughs) it's hard waiting even when you know the bridegroom is coming so that's the first part of the parable Uh, it all focuses on waiting for the bridegroom now we come to the next section which focuses on the arrival of the bridegroom the arrival of the bridegroom verses 6 through 10 at midnight the cry rang out here's the bridegroom come out to meet him Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Now there are several things we learn from this part of the parable. First of all, you need to be ready for the call when it comes, okay? You need to be ready. In the parable, it was midnight, okay? All ten virgins, they were sleeping. When that cry rang out, 
here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. You got to be ready when that call comes. Now, sometimes in the Bible, when it's talking about the return of Christ and it's talking about people being sleepy or drowsy, sometimes that's painted as something negative. In this passage, it's a little different. This is just a natural effect of waiting, waiting for the bridegroom. At some point, you got to sleep, right? Nothing wrong with sleeping. We all have to sleep. But you need to be ready when the call comes. You need to have made all of the necessary preparations ahead of time. No matter how long you may have to wait, you need to be ready when the sign of the Son of Man appears in the sky and that final trumpet call sounds. Jesus says his coming will catch the foolish unprepared. They weren't expecting him to take so long. The five foolish virgins, no extra oil. They were not prepared for the longer than expected wait. They hadn't made that lifetime commitment. And so their lamps were going out. They were going out even as the bridegroom was arriving. And they're in a panic. And they asked the, 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 the wise ones, they said, give us some of your oil. But you see, each one of us needs to be ready for Christ on our own when he arrives. You cannot depend on someone else and their readiness. And so the foolish virgins, they, they, they rush out to buy more oil. But while they're gone, the bridegroom's here, he arrives. And those who are ready accompany him to the wedding banquet, the wedding supper of the Lamb. Ominously, once they are all inside, Jesus says, the door is shut. That leads us to our third and final part of the parable, which simply teaches us this. Once the door is closed, folks, once the door is closed, it's too late. It's too late. Look at verses 11 and 12. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. You see, when Christ comes, he will gather his people into his kingdom. The wedding feast will begin, the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then the door will be shut. This has to be the saddest part of the whole parable. Because those who were not ready will plead for the door to be opened. The foolish will recognize their foolishness. They will be filled with regret. They will plead with Christ for a second chance. Sir, sir, open the door for us. But Jesus in the parable tells us what he'll say. He'll say to them, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. This isn't the only place we find this in Scripture, folks. We find very similar words from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus said this, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? By the way, the Lord, Lord here in Matthew 7, in the original language, exactly the same words as the sir, sir in Matthew 25. You could translate Matthew 25, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Lord, Lord, Matthew 7, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. 
Away from me, you evildoers. You know, we talk a lot in the church about knowing God and knowing Jesus, right? We often ask people, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Right? We ask that a lot. We should. That's good. I ask that. I hope you ask that too. But you see, the Bible also talks about God and Jesus knowing us. And at the last day, the question will not so much be, do you know Jesus? The question will be, does Jesus know you? Does Jesus know you as one of his people? Does Jesus know you as one who has put their faith in him as Savior? Jesus says many will plead with him in that day, please, please open the door. But you see, once the door is closed, it's too late. And Jesus will reply, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. And then just in case anyone missed the point of the parable, Jesus then draws the conclusion for us. Sometimes he just leaves the parable hanging there, right? You've got to figure it out on your own. But you know, he, he draws the conclusion for us. Verse 13 says, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. See, if the foolish virgins had known when the bridegroom was going to come, if they'd known it was going to take longer, if they'd known he wasn't going to come until midnight, they would have brought the extra oil, right? The wise virgins knew that they didn't know, right? They knew that they didn't know when the bridegroom was coming. So they prepared. They brought the extra oil. They prepared themselves for a long wait just in case. Jesus says, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. So as we wrap this all up, we've got a couple of truths here, right? Christ could return today. Are you ready if he does? I hope you are. Or Christ could return years from now. Are you prepared to wait? And we can draw two very clear applications from this parable and from Jesus' conclusion to the parable. The first application is this. You don't know when Christ will return. You don't know. Jesus said said he didn't know. The angels don't know. You don't know when Christ will return. So be ready now. That's what we looked at under the signs of Christ's return. Christ could return at any time. The signs are all around us. That check engine light's blinking, right? The signs are right there. Don't delay. Don't Leave things for another day. Make things right in your life with God right now. You should live every day of your life as though Jesus was returning today. That's the first application. You don't know when Christ will return, so be ready now. Here's the second application. You don't know when Christ will return, so be ready to wait if necessary, right? And yes, the signs tell us that Jesus' is coming is near. It is near, folks. But you've got to remember, the Bible tells us God keeps time differently than us, okay? Things work a little differently when you are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting, the one who inhabits eternity. The Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. 
A thousand years are like a day. So you might be one day off in your expectation for when Christ returns. You might be a thousand years off in your expectation of when Christ returns. You need to live your life as though Jesus could return today. And you need to live your life as though Jesus might not return until much later. Waiting is hard. It's easy for us to get discouraged waiting for Christ to return. We see the signs. We say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We wonder why it's taking so long. You need to be prepared both for the short term and the long term. You need to be ready to live for Jesus, not just for a season, but for the rest of your life. So you might wonder, well, what do we do while we're waiting? Well, that's a whole message in itself, so that's what we'll talk about next week, okay? <laughs> next week we come to, we've done signs of Christ's return, ready for Christ's return, waiting for Christ's return. Next week, preparing for Christ's return. What do we do while we wait? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this parable. It's a simple story, but it has a chilling conclusion, Lord, and it reminds us that uh, Lord, we need, we need to be ready for a lifetime of loving you, living for you, serving you, following you. Lord, we don't just sign up uh, for the one-year subscription plan, but we are in this for the long term, Lord. No matter how hard it gets, whether there's persecution along the way and trouble and sorrow, we commit ourselves to following you, Lord Jesus. We pack that extra oil. We ask your Holy Spirit to fill us for the journey, and we are prepared to follow you to the very end. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here who does not know you, today would be the day, because, Lord, today could be the day you return. And, Lord, when you return, you're going to gather your people. We are going to go to the feast, and the door will be closed. Lord, I don't want anybody on the wrong side of that door. Lord, I pray if there's anyone who does not know you, that today would be the day they pray to receive you as their Savior. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.